Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. What comes to your mind when I say the word wilderness? Wilderness. Do you think of a remote place? A place of biodiversity? Are you thinking of a forest or a jungle or a desert? I haven't been to too many truly wild places, but I've certainly been to some remote places. Because I grew up in Calgary, we had lots of access to Rocky Mountain Wilderness. My favorite place is Kootenai National Park. It's on the Banff-Windermere Highway. It's a place of tumbling creeks and waterfalls and hanging glaciers. The peaks there are so high that it makes the continental divide and rivers on one side flow to the Pacific and rivers on the other flow to the Atlantic. It's home to the largest mammals, the grizzly, the mountain lion, mountain sheep, mountain goats, elk. At one roadside pullout, known as the Kootenai Valley Viewpoint, your eye can roam along these breathtaking ridges of the Mitchell Range and the Vermilion Mountain Range. And at that place, there's a little plaque by the side of the road and refers to this area as historically being a wilderness barrier. A wilderness barrier. Now today, it can take as little as 90 minutes to traverse this wilderness, but at one time it took several days of hair-raising adventure and death-defying feats in order to cross to the other side. So today it could seem as though we've tamed the wild places of our world with asphalt and 400 horsepower engines. We've moved mountains, literally, with dynamite and jackhammers and, and dump trucks. So in our modern world, how can we be moved by God's declaration to make a way in the wilderness? Well, the things we know about God, we know from experience. We have the scriptures to tell us about God's accomplishments. And this passage in Isaiah reminds us of how God redeemed slaves from Egypt. The Psalms remind us that God anointed kings and restored his people from exile. But so what? That's history. Does it help us in 2019? Haven't we solved those problems? But the stories of our scriptures tell us that each new generation encounters God for themselves. After Moses, God sent others again and again. And by the time we get to the prophet Isaiah, even God is getting a little tired of his own history. So he tells the people, don't remember the former things. I'm about to do a new thing. God has been the deliverer, and God is also always creator. God does new things. So in the wilderness of our lives, God is our global position, positioning system, our, our GPS. 
I, I was looking for survival tips for being in the wilderness, and I found one that said what to do if you're lost in the woods, and it suggested that you stand where you are and start talking about politics, because for sure, someone's going to come up and start an argument with you. <laughs> but I also found that when you're lost in the woods, it's proven that you will walk in a circle. And I think, you know, it's the same when we say those who don't know their history are bound to repeat it. Generation after generation, our human lives spiral around the same issues, sin and suffering, and our need for redemption. Our compass through this wilderness is the way of the Lord, God's divine presence going before us to guide the way. But I want us to notice that God's promise is a way in the wilderness, not a day at the beach. God, God may have paved the way, but we still have to traverse this wilderness with all its hardships and temptations. The mission is always the same. It will be difficult, we will be tempted, but we're not alone. God promises that the wilderness of our lives, adversity, hardships, will not destroy us. The psalmist knows ill fortune as well. We read together, Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like watercourses in the Negev. May those who sow in tears reap with shouts of joy. Because we can't avoid the desert places. But we have someone with us, someone to call upon when we're there. Now it happens to me, and maybe you've noticed it too, that when we're coasting along with everything going well for us, we can easily slip into a feeling that we're relying on our own power, that we've paved the wilderness pretty good for ourselves, and what do we need God for anyway? I want to share with you a time that I stood at a crossroads in my life just like that. I can picture that day quite clearly. It was one of those typical Alberta days, cold and sunny. And I was sitting in my living room, surrounded by several self-help books that I was simultaneously reading, trying to get through that shelf in the library on self-help. The pile included, maybe you've heard of some of these, Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, Scott Peck's The Road Less Traveled, Sarah Van Brethna's Simple Abundance, Julie Cameron's The Artist Way, and the latest edition of Oprah Magazine. <laughs> and Stephen, Scott, Sarah, Julie, and Oprah were telling me, I can help myself. I can do it with a little personal discipline, some gratitude, and really good shoes. And I thought to myself, yeah, this is all true. What do I need Jesus for anyway? I could sharpen my own saw and leave Jesus behind. And as the sun poured through those windows and I sat with that thought, Jesus came into the room and sat down beside me on that sofa. And I was reminded of our friendship. Jesus reminded me of all oh, nights in my childhood bedroom when I would say my prayers before bed and I would fall asleep just wrapped in a cocoon of the love of my parents and my grandparents. And Jesus reminded me of all the times he guided me to make good choices 
Choices to choose friendship and loyalty and commitment ahead of myself. And I remembered his tender comfort after some of my spectacular screw-ups. And he reminded me of how God has blessed my family for generations. Generations. How our Christ-like values made us strong when we faced adversities. And my family has known firsthand war and famine and infant mortality and illnesses and cancers. And I knew without a shadow of a doubt, there's no way I could take even one step without Jesus at my side. As Paul says, I think that day I found the surpassing value of knowing Jesus Christ. God makes a way in the wilderness. And that wilderness might be a blizzard of self-help advice, and it might be an avalanche of trouble and anxiety. It might be a mountain of physical pain and suffering. Whatever personal wilderness we face, God makes a covenant promise to guide our feet, to shelter us, and to bring us to the fulfillment of his promises and the power of the resurrection. It's hard work, this wilderness walking, so it's going to require some tenacity. In a podcast interview with Barbara Brown Taylor, she said, we must practice with the boundaries of courage. It's important to do scary things every day. I really like that. When you're feeling overwhelmed, you know, remember, it's okay to be afraid. We're in the wilderness, but we're not alone there. So in this final week of Lent, are you open to the new thing that God wants to do for you? Will you accept God's invitation and allow him to form you, to redeem you, to restore you? Is Jesus a companion on the journey of your life? I'm sure there's someone here today who's been disappointed with God in the past, who's maybe feeling discouraged by things that have happened or things that are happening right now. Are you carrying some lingering sorrow or anger that might block the flow of those waters of river in the desert? If your burden is too heavy, please let someone help you. Let someone help you share the load. God says, do not remember former things or consider things of old. Every new day, the journey through the wilderness is a journey towards life and towards joy. So let's press on together. And let's do something scary every day until our faith is strengthened and our way is sure. Amen.